0: Block talk radio
1: They said you wouldn't make it so far and ever since they said it it's been hard but never mind the night I just had to cry to you have never
2: Welcome. You are listening to Get Into It with Tina Conroy. I am your host on Blog Talk Radio. The phone lines will be open today. That number is 516 387 1936. Also, the chat room is open to so go to the chat, go to my show on Blog Talk Radio, get into it with Tina Conroy, and feel free to chat. Hello, everyone, and how is everybody doing? I was off last week, so it feels like a long time, but time is moving, so hello, hello, hello. We had just entered a new moon, and it is an amazing new moon. I wonder if you feel the energy. I surely do. We talk about the phases of the moon a lot on the show and how it's really an idea and a, a movement and energy to... Feel and notice and be aware. And this new moon is all about new things, new creations, new manifestation. I can say for myself, I have a lot of percolating things going on and a lot of manifesting for moving into the end of the year. A lot of people are already looking into coming to the holidays and coming to the end of the year. We have fall here on the East Coast, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful time of year. I love the changes of weather and as we change each and every day. Before we get into the show, I would love to center like we do every time. So if you can take a moment, go ahead and close your eyes. And as we center, take a nice, long, deep breath in and exhale away. Blessing the space, blessing each and everyone on the show, live or listening later on the replay. I'm calling upon the angels, the support, spirit guides and our spirit to support us, to guide us, and surround us. We ask this for the highest good, and so it is. Feel free to place any personal intentions that you may have. And then go ahead and open your eyes. So as I pull a card for the show, I'm going to pull three cards for this show. And the show, when we pull the three cards, it's universal energies. I'd like to think of it as a forecast for the week or for the show in general of where we are. And the first card is magic of nature. I love this card. I just spoke about the nature, the beautiful colors, and the foliage of the fall. So it's reminding us to get outside, to explore nature, to be outside. We're going to touch upon that today with this beautiful topic that I have and my wonderful, wonderful guest of nature and being outside and using all the elements of energy to heal us and and find wellness in our body, our mind, and our spirit. The second card is the inner child. And that talks about really that inner part of us, that part that sometimes we keep hidden or things that we need to look at sometimes. Um, And as we, this is another, I always say that there is no coincidence. So as we talk about Barry's book today, you'll see that there was a lot of inner child work coming through and providing for others to sustain a beautiful, nutritious life. And the third card is moving forward fearlessly. One of my favorite cards, I must say, from the fairy deck. Moving forward fearlessly. So many of us feel stuck sometimes as we are, have fear to move forward, to make a decision, or to change direction, or just to make changes in general. And I feel like that may be speaking to me. I love the fairy card. It has She has beautiful butterfly wings for transformation. And most of the show... That we speak about is transformation transformation of healthy body healthy mind healthy spirit healthy finances we spoke about many of those things so beautiful cards for the show and for our universal energies magic of nature inner child moving forward fearlessly I want to tell you a little bit what's going on uh, in my area and things that I am doing this Friday at 12 o'clock October 16th I will be having my second blab Yes, it's called Blab, B-L-A-B. You can enter Blab on Chrome, I believe. I believe now on Safari and Firefox. And I will be doing intuitive readings. Blab is interactive and a video. So if you are not sure, if you want to check it out, you can be a fly on the wall. And you can subscribe to my Blab, Blab. I'll be doing intuitive readings. October 24th, I am so pleased to host my friend, my teacher, and author, Terry Hyman at Practice Body Mind Soul in Roslyn, New York. She will be with us to give an amazing workshop from 12 to 2. Body Confidence Formula, Stress-Free Weight Loss with EFT. Terry has written a phenomenal book, and the book is Confessions of a Shower Tapper. We will go through and explore in this workshop things that are are keeping us from moving forward. Um, different things about stress and and dieting. Uh, knowing more about food, learning about our self-esteem, what gets in our way, our blocks, and how we can move forward and truly live our purpose. And to register for that, please call 516-858-3095 or reach out to me. You can reach out to me through email, tinaconroy111 at com. And then in November, 11-11, November 11th, at 2 p.m. on my show, I will be hosting Camille Sacco. She wrote a book, The Hippie Banker, and it's a little play on words. She's a banker by day and working with bringing peace, love, and spirituality into the workplace. And we'll be talking about her book, The Hippie Banker. I'm so grateful to bring my guest on. Two Pans in a Pot will inspire you through the story of a single dad who learned in the midst of his busy life to cook nutritious meals, teach healthy eating habits, and get physically fit. Barry Sayowitz has been a single father, raising his son in New York City's Greenwich Village for the past 20 years. His career has spanned from the arts to an upstart, trendy jewelry company and business management, before turning to his longtime passion, family cooking and fitness. Early on, he discovered that food, shopping, and the aroma of food cooking in the house helped his son feel stable and secure. At six years old, his son, Royal, took an immediate interest in cooking ingredients, how they were used, and how they tasted. At a very early age, Royal became his dad's sous chef. After high school, Royal attended and graduated from the Culinary Institute of America. He quickly surpassed Barry's cooking abilities and began teaching his dad. During his years on the line, Royal fell in love with locally grown ingredients and the sustainability movement. One summer, he worked on an organic farm and farm-to-table restaurant in Nantucket, Massachusetts. His passion led him back to school, where he recently graduated, majoring in environmental studies. The recipes in this book are updated, tried-and-true family favorites. Along with new recipes, Royal developed specifically to be simple, affordable, and healthy. Single parenting allowed Barry to discover that cooking, satisfying, and healthy meals need not cost a fortune, nor take excessive amounts of time away from his already hectic schedule. Barry felt compelled to chronicle his journey and highlight the benefits of feeding our children healthy, home-cooked meals, and to inspire the chefs within each of us. And I'm so grateful to bring Barry on the line. Hi, Barry. Hi, how are you?
3: Thank you so much. For,
2: <laughs> so glad to have you.
3: Oh, I'm so glad to be here and thank you for that wonderful, wonderful introduction.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I've been, you know, pouring through your book since I've gotten it. And mm-hmm. I just, I love the humor to it as well. So I know we, we spoke on the phone, but I can just sense your humor, your passion and your, your fun. So thank you for that because it's, it's, you know, for me, sometimes when we get a, you know, a cookbook or a recipe book, something like that, it can be very dry, you know, and I can say that this is a lot of fun. I I really enjoy looking at the pictures, reading the different things that you have to say and the passion and your humor really comes out. So I have to say it's it's a great book for so many, so many different reasons.
3: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad that 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 portrays because when you're working on it, you have your intention, you have your vision, you know how you want it to uh, uh, to, to read, and then when I hear this the feedback, it's just uh, I feel so so complimented that that did come through and that you are feeling that because I do want I did want my intention was the book to be fun. I, I didn't want it to be just a, a standard cookbook where you flip through the pages and and you look at a bunch of ingredients. And you look at the ingredients and say, oh, my gosh, what is that? What is this ingredient? And, how you know, how am I going to make this? And it's complicated. I wanted it to be fun, uh, educational, something that you can use any time of the season, any time of the day. You can jump from section to section because there is a lot of dialogue in the book. Probably the first half of the book is a lot of dialogue uh, about the food industry, about what healthy eating looks like, about really why I wanted to portray our relationship with food, because our relationship with food is very important and um, it's different for everybody and it keeps changing based on the information that's uh, out there to us. So I really wanted to address that and kind of help clarify uh, a lot of the information that's out there. And I am getting a lot, just what you said, I'm getting a lot of response like that, Team, I'm getting some emails of people saying that, how much it helped them to understand uh, the information and what is organic and what does local mean and what does natural mean and you know, all these bu- buzzwords that we're hearing and where it falls in their in their palate and in their uh, you know in the menu and their in their cooking and in their family.
2: Right, absolutely. It's more and more we're becoming more apparent of you know a lot of many different documentaries and people becoming more and more educated. But I do feel sometimes as more and more people get educated, there's also this there's a hype or they get, you know, there's a fear. There's a lot of fear out there. And then, you know, you'll you'll get on people's blogs or Facebook. And it's like all this information, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, that's bad for you and this is bad. Like I have to like, you know, double check myself too. And so it really was helpful how you break it down very simply. But before we even go into that, because I know we can talk so much about, and I want to get into all that, you know, um, talking about the nutrition and America and, you know, where we are with the food. I'd like to kind of bring us back to a little bit of, of your journey and how you started out. I know that you started out in the arts and um, in a, you know, you know, different um, careers and then how, how it brought you to today. So, you know, you bring us back a little bit.
3: Okay, sure. I, I, I had a journey. (laughs) My life has been on a journey for sure. Um, I graduated the School of Visual Arts, uh, and uh, I was an illustrator when I came out of school and a painter, and I did that for quite a while. And then later on, I went into art direction. I worked in a lot of advertising agencies in New York City, and during that time, uh, I was married, and uh, Roy was born. I was about 30, 31 years old, and uh, in advertising, it's uh, you jump around a lot. Um, Back then, I'm sure it's still like that. Very high turnover in the field, and it just so happened that my ex-wife uh, was a jewelry designer, and she started this a company with another woman, and they needed some some help um, running the, the the jewelry company. And I was in between jobs; I was actually freelancing, so I jumped in. I started helping them, and the next thing you know, uh, I'm in the jewelry business. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was fun, and it, it was the, my art direction background really helped with marketing and sales. Um, so that was very very beneficial, and we got a big loft down in Soho, and uh, we had a uh, like a mini factory in Soho, and we're trying to make everything domestic, but we still made things that parts and pieces from overseas and put everything together here. And we had quite a quite a business, good clientele, and in the middle of that we. We kind of separated, and, and Roy stayed with me, and um, they kept the business for a couple more years, and then after that, we decided to close the business, and um, then I went off. I We ma- managed another jewelry company for a little while, and then I started working. At, at that time, it was, was Kinko's, and now it's FedEx Office. So uh, I was working there, and uh, um, I was a single parent. Roy was about uh, six, seven years old at the time, and I really didn't know anybody like that. I didn't, you know, it was kind of like in this little world of myself. So I was a little bit. In, I was in a panic mode, that's for sure, for <laughs> in the very beginning. And one of the things that really did settle, um, um, give me a little bit peace, was the cooking part. And it was interesting because a lot of my memories, and it was interesting the card that you said about your childhood, because the, my childhood kept popping up in memories of my childhood and eating around the kitchen table and what it meant and the security of uh, eating around the kitchen table with your family. And I decided that I really wanted to keep that. I felt that that was something that was important to keep stability uh, in my son's life at at such a young age. I really wanted him to keep that foundation and keep things as normal as, as possible. And cooking seemed to be a way to do that. Um, to spend that family time, to cook together, uh, shop together. And um, so that is kind of where that came from. And, you know, it's funny. You do run into barriers when you're cooking that you, you run out of things to cook. And that's, that's why we go to cookbooks because I made this, I tried that, and we're looking for something different to make. And I would make chicken, three different ways, four different ways, and I would keep naming it. I would I would tell Roy, I'd say, this is Dad's famous crispy chicken. This is Dad's famous roasted chicken. <laughs> and so we ate a lot of chicken, and then one day he said, Dad, I love your chicken, but can you make it something else? Yeah. So uh, I decided you. to try and broaden my horizons a little bit. And... Um, mm-hmm. Fresh ingredients were you. They you can get fresh ingredients. It really wasn't um, as much organic as you have out today. This is back in the early uh, early nineties, and uh, I just I did decide that I wanted to. And I always did cook fresh. I didn't really use much uh, processed ingredients or canned or frozen food. Uh, once in a while, uh, in, in an emergency, I would I would you know use something processed or frozen. So um, I started to develop my skills a little bit more, and I started cooking a little bit more. But, you know, I was still, uh, you know, I was okay. I was just more, more or less novice, and uh, we had some great meals. And as time went on, Roy did go to culinary school. Like like you said, he went to the Culinary Institute of America. And then when he came back, <clears throat> um, he moved back home for a little while, and uh, he really started teaching me some great, great skills. And we really started cooking. Uh, and that's where the inspiration came to chronicle my journey. I actually had the idea of a uh, of a family cookbook about 10 years ago, but I just felt that I didn't have the skills because I felt that I needed something to teach me about what ingredients are and what oils do I use and what herbs do I use? Do I use fresh herbs? Do I use dry herbs? Um, how hot do I make the pan? Um, you know, How long do you uh, bake something? Or well, or fry something so there really wasn't something that was a step-by-step that was out there and um it took me uh about those 10 years later 12 years to uh and when when roy came back from school to get back to that concept that i felt would be a great idea and i and that's what inspired me to do the book was that that journey
2: Wow. And like, you know, it for me, I'm listening to you. And I always used to when my kids were small, my kids are now, you know, 21 and 18 at this point. But I remember d- dinner or food in general was like this big stressor for me. You know, it's like, Oh, gosh, I have to think about dinner. I don't know what to make. And, you know, I was pretty young when I had my kids, I was in my late 20s. And I, I didn't really have the knowledge that I have now. I don't think the you know, I don't think the good part of it is that there's so much education out there now and everything. I don't even think there was the Whole Foods really back then. I mean, there was, but it was just, there was harder things to find. And so I remember, I think of, I see your book now and I think, wow, you know, I put so much stress on myself and I didn't know how to do it, what to do. And it seems really hard. You know, everything seems really hard. So I like how you said that, you know, for you, this sort of this passion of bringing together a family and reminded you of your past or just kind of around the kitchen table to create that. And so much of that is so much more than even the food, right? It's about just getting mm-hmm. family together. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah. then how this this book was born, you know, it's really right. amazing. And then, you know, having yeah. your son go on and and uh he's he's a chef today, I would he
3: uh, also went back he, he did he worked in rest he worked in uh some restaurants in New York City um, he was in Nantucket. He worked there for about nine nine months on an organic farm uh, and a restaurant there. But he did decide to go back to school. So he's 25 now, and he just graduated from NYU. And, wow! Uh, so ridiculous. now, yeah, he studied environmental studies, and now he's looking for a job. He graduated um, in July. Phenomenal. So yeah.
2: let's take us into so your you know, the heart of the city, you're still in in the city. And sometimes people think, you know, that it's very challenging to find, um, you know, we're not on a farm, and we're not, you know, I'm not that far from you. But you Mm were able to find um, healthy food and organic food or, you know, nutritious food. So can you take us a little bit into that? And how, you know, or where, you you know, maybe where we are now?
3: You know I'm very fortunate here Tina because I do uh live near the Union Square Farmers Market. So that is something I've had here for about 20 years and now you know, you have farmers markets all around town uh finally. But that market has been there for quite a while and I've I've always shopped there and I would try and cook uh in, in ingredients that are in season and that's how I would make the menu if it's in the fall then we would go with the squash and we can go with cauliflower and broccoli and things like that. So I try to uh cook dishes that are in season and buy ingredients that are in season. So I'm just fortunate really to have that. The Whole Foods opened up over there as well. That's probably about five years ago. And they have there there are some stores back back then there were some local uh, organic stores that you can buy good ingredients from but you know it's interesting it wasn't like today where everything looks uh fresh and appetizing it was very gnarly back then you know mm-hmm. things had bumps and you would t- bite an apple and there might be a worm in there so you know that that's okay and uh so it took a while for it to uh really become mainstream but now now it is and that was another big part of the book: was how do we navigate through the mainstream food industry today, uh, especially when it does come to you know or, or organic and and local ingredients.
2: Right, and I know when we spoke, you kind of termed the language of nutritional battlefield. So you want to speak about that, which is a pretty you know pretty interesting play on words.
3: Yeah, it's um, one of the things that I realized. While writing the book is and and it was really a, a, a passion to write the book. Tina. I, I worked on it for about a year and a half, almost two years. And the more research that I that I did, the more research I wanted to do, and the more that I just you know grew a, a hunger for learning more about uh, our food system today. And then it becomes a little scary when you le- you have so much information because there's a lot of food that we're eating that we think is is healthy and in fact it's not healthy, and it has a lot to do with the processed food industry that exists today and what all that has developed over the past 50 years. So you know an example might be that. We think granola bars are very um, healthy, and they're marketed as a health food, but yet they're very, very high in fat and salt and sugar. And Mm -hmm. that trifecta, that's the nutritional battlefield that's out there. It's the fat, the salt, and the sugar and combined with corn. So, you know, corn is used as a base for most of the foods that are out there. So that's where our fructose comes from, corn syrup, which is a base and used in so many different products. So we think um we're we're doing the right thing and paying a little extra money and buying nutritional food uh and it's in fact not. So that to me that would that's the nutritional battlefield is understanding that. And I try to make it very simple in the book and the simplicity is just buying fresh ingredients. You mm-hmm. can eliminate all that by buying fresh ingredients and cooking fresh ingredients
2: and then i guess also staying seasonally because they'll be fresh in the season they're in right so you know i Mm -hmm. know and i know there's a lot of different people that are uh follow like ayurvedic you know where it's about you know eating seasonally or things that Mm -hmm. are you know in season the help for the body and the dosha and things like that so i guess just that as well um right
3: if you think about it, that's how we eat. That's how we really have eaten up until 100 years ago, because we really didn't have access to food from all around the world that we do today. 100 years ago, you couldn't get, you know, tomatoes from uh, uh, around the world, or a lot of them coming in from Israel. Couldn't you? Couldn't get that. You you really did eat local. What was in season at that the time.
2: Right, right. So let me delve into some um, for the listeners and for people that'll be listening on the replay but can you kind of, do you mind if I kind of throw out some like, you know, nutritional battlefield stuff?
0: (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) So tell us what, I mean, a lot of people you'll hear organic every time, you know, this is organic, this is organic. Can you kind of, I mean, I know you have a whole bunch in the book, but just to simplify what is defining organic?
3: The, The, the good thing about organic is that it's labeled. So if, if something is says it's organic, but it doesn't have the USDA label on it, then it's not certified, certified organic. And what certified organic means, and this is a little tricky also, it's everything is like very, very subtle. So what that means is that there's no pesticides used, there's no antibiotics used, um, there's no um, um, GMO products that are used, if they're talking about um, chickens, then there's no antibiotics, which is very, very important that you really don't want to, you know, ingest antibiotics. So, you know, and you can easily Google it to see exactly what it is. But it's basically those things, meaning that it's organic, and there's a label to prove it. A lot. It's a very expensive process to become organic. So when you go to a lot of the farmer's markets, the best thing to do is speak to the farmer because, he probably is organic or might be organic, but he's just not kind of going through the process of getting that label but mm-hmm. the farmers they're very passionate about it's they don't even acknowledge the word organic to them that's just a label it's a marketing ploy the word organic because they're looking at the their farm as a living a living uh, uh a, a living element they need the bugs and they need the worms that's what makes all the soil rich and that's what makes the plants grow and that's what gives it all its vitamins and nutrients and it needs a lot of water and a lot of sun when you use pesticides you're actually you're doing the complete opposite of what the environment was intended for you're taking away the actual wildness of what is required to have a farm so that's how they're looking at it um and then they're really not looking and this is i mean just a general statement Mm -hmm. um that it's a labeling that's out there for uh, the big industry and really not for them. So just because it's a local farmer, it doesn't mean it's organic and it doesn't mean that it's not organic. The best thing to do is speak to the farmer and ask him. But as far as the labeling goes, those are the requirements for something to be organic, no pesticides, no antibiotics, uh, and non gmo
2: Okay, and that kind of leads me to, We hear a lot about the the clean fifteen and the dirty dozen, and that's what we should kind of look for, I guess when um what you know different vegetables and fruits they talk about. Mm-hmm. Know, I know you have a whole page on this, like in your book, the clean fifteen those are the foods um that are most contaminated with the pesticides, and you can buy those non organic and then the dirty dozen um are most likely to be or, wait what is that so I have it wrong, the clean fifteen right. yeah, yeah. The other okay.
3: Right, the other way around. The Clean 15 is, those are the fruits and vegetables that are least likely to retain chemicals. Right, okay. you could buy it, I mean, there's a lot of products that are out there that are organic, and you'll see a lot of Clean 15 that are still organic. It's a lot more money, but if you're on a budget and you want to save, I would say on the Clean 15, these are the things that you could not buy organic, if, you know, if, you're looking to save a little money because it can, it can get expensive. So it's that it's less likely to retain chemicals. Mm-hmm. The dirty dozen are the fruits and vegetables that are most likely to um, retain chemicals. So some of the some of the vegetables, and actually strawberries, are, are strawberries and apples are like on the top of the list of the dirty dozen. Um, potatoes, bell peppers, spinach, celery, those are on the top of the of the dirty dozen. Some of the clean 15s, avocado, sweet potato, grapefruit. things are with thick skin, actually. Um, cantaloupe, kiwi, pineapple. So the skin does protect it a little bit. Um, if it, but if you do want complete chemical-free and pesticide-free, then you would go with organic. Okay, right.
2: So it's just sort of, I know what you're saying, because it can get a little pricey. And a lot of people say that, you know, that... You know, they, you know, they call what, like, some people say Whole Foods is Whole f- Paycheck.
0: <laughs> right. Whole <Yeah>. check.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, nothing against Whole Foods, but uh, yeah, it's, it, but I know what you mean. I guess it's they have thicker skin, so there's less, there's less of a, you know, the chance or, or right. I know what you're saying, but it's yeah. It's likely do it to all.
3: retain. hold the chemical
2: and retain the chemical yeah okay and so and the other thing is so like now we have all this you know no one even knew what a gmo was (laughs) right you know like i i know i i know i did it you know a while back um and now that's the big buzz so is anything that's organic non you know tell me about if you're organic you are non-gmo is that always the case?
3: You know, there's uh, GMOs. <laughs> it, it, I can go on a lot about GMOs. I know, GMOs is not, is not necessarily a bad thing. So I'll give you an example. Corn 100 years ago, or actually more than 100 years, a couple of hundred years ago, the corn that we eat today will look like wheat, and there are probably five kernels on it. And if you look at the Mayan corn, um actually goes back way more than that. Let me take that back. It's, it's probably a couple of thousand years. Um, and then the, the Mayans, they by farming a lot of the vegetables and fruits that we see today have been picked to look the way that they look and to have the shape that they shape uh, that they have. So corn was actually bred to grow that way over years and years of picking the best seeds from the crop and then the, and making it modifying it, actually modifying the structure of that plant to get the corn that you have today. And they did that because it was bitter, and they wanted it to be sweet. It all revolved around sweetness because people didn't want to have bitter food. But as it turns out, bitter food actually has more nutrients. But people would rather have the sweetness. You know, another good example would be beets. Beets were actually the other way around. It was big leaves, and the beet was very, very small. It was the root that we eat today that's very, very big and bulbous and the leaf is now very small and we, we throw out the leaf, but the leaf has just as much nutrients as the beet mm. and it's become very, very sweet. So that's how the farm, that's how the fruits and vegetables that we have today have been modified to uh, look the way they do today and taste the way they do today and everything really is about sweetness. So that just came through years and years of uh, modification, but it was done through farming. Today, the ge- genetic modification is done scientifically. Right. So that's that's the big difference. And, um, you know, the prediction is there is going to be a food shortage, and the only way to feed um, the nation, what well, I should say, the nation, the only way to feed the world is through genetic modification because there's not going to be enough land. And that's actually, I'm going off on a lot of tangents, I know, <laughs> but that has a lot to do with actually beef and the amount of uh, land use that beef takes uh, to grow all the corn uh, used to feed beef and all the land to, for you know for cows that they need to pasture. So there is a little bit of a you know food crisis that, that is going on. That's, a, I guess, a long answer to, <laughs> could have been a short answer. No,
2: no, that, sorry, helpful, extremely helpful. Thank you. So yeah, and now the whole GMO it's right cuz we talk about, you know, you'll see all this about we are modifying the seeds. Um you know, I can't even think of the pro, the program, but I remember the first one I saw, I can't even think of the show, I think we all know it, but they were I I was just so astounded by the fact right. that we were modifying
3: the seeds with um right.
2: with the way we were it was Monsanto. so
3: uh, they were talking about Monsanto. Yeah, exactly. Monsanto is, yeah, it's very difficult today to buy seeds that are not modified, and Monsanto kind of owns that whole industry, which... Right, um, exactly. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I know the movie that you're speaking about, I, I can't recall the name, and um, it's it's it is a little scary when you think about that they can grow plants that already have pesticides in them.
2: Exactly, yeah.
3: Or... Yeah. You know that that's what they're doing, and or they can grow seeds now that will that the vegetables or fruit can grow at lower temperature. So when the temperature goes down, they won't die. So you know it's things like that that they do.
2: Right, that they're regulating all this, and then you know, which kind of leads me to, um, you know, I do a lot of I've been more recently doing a lot more uh, health coaching and the obesity issue in America and the nation is really astounding. I mean, it's just, it's, it's it's unbelievable to me, you know, the, just moving to quickly about like the diabetes, uh, there used to be, you know, um, child onset or adult onset. And now there's a whole new, there's a whole new uh, arena. We have, there's the, the amount of people that are, or have diabetes or, you know, Children as small as six years old. And mm-hmm. it's all, you know, obesity is just.
3: It's off the charts. So, yeah.
2: yeah, it's way off the charts. I mean, I think if you look at. I wish I had statistics to share, but I think if you looked at the 1980s. Well,
3: is, yeah, is that what it is? Two thirds of adults are considered to be overweight. And obesity rate amongst kids 6 to 19 has doubled in the past 30 years. So it's like I think thirty three percent. Like it's kind of the same thing for children also.
2: Right. Right. I mean it's and just Yeah, I think okay. it's something like
3: she, two in yeah. five for diabetes somewhere around there.
2: It's unbelievable, right? And so mm-hmm.
3: you know, yeah. we've
0: just
2: yeah, we just the whole industry is like, you know, then we can get into the sugar and the and all that and all the the way we're eating. But yeah, we really we really have a uh obesogenic America that, you know, needs to really change their diet and, you know, find some good information. And yeah. And I think that's it. I think there's a lot of people that are just don't know. And then, of course, there's a financial um, component to it. But, you know, you you were able to – the other thing is, is ease and um, simple. And that's what I really like, too. That's kind of what grabbed me about the book and grabbed me about you because um, a lot of the recipes in your book are very simple. And the way you lay it out is very simple. And it's not – like I said, I mean I'm I would not think of myself as a cook. I I, mm. I used to love to cook a lot more. I think as you just kinda of move through, um, you know, now that my kids are older it's a little bit easier. I think when they were younger and I didn't know as much it was like, Oh gosh, what am I gonna have? But you do talk about how there's a chef in each one of us. We have um the inspire the chef within each of us. So it's 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 inspiring that we can all find. Oh that. good. Oh
3: thank you so yeah. much. I'm yeah, so sure glad yeah. that uh still that. Yeah, you know, the way uh, the way I structured the book, I, I wanted to lead up to that. That's why the recipes are at the end. I wanted to give information and to lead up to. So here's the food industry. Here are the problems. Here are the things that you need to look for. Here are the things that y- you you can buy. Well, now let's talk about the food. So you have all this information, and now we have ingredients. Well, let's put it all together. Right? right. What kind of knife do you buy? What kind of pot and pan? And that's why it's two pans and a pot, because I wanted it to be simple. And that's right. all you oh, need is good. those two pa- two pans and a pot. Right,
2: right. I was going to so ask you about like one, that. Just beat me to it. Yes. Yeah. About your title. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: One one pot one pot cooking. So pot. yeah, I, I really there, it is there are a lot of components to the book, and it is kind of hard to explain when someone we not looking at the book, but it, it has an exercise component, and then what well, I thought it was really ingenious, and this was Roy's idea, was so we're going to use one pot cooking. But it can get boring to kind of just, you know, do the same thing. So we decided to create flavor profiles. So in the book, you have flavor profiles. We um, we gave you a chart that gives you flavor profiles from about 20 different countries. So it could be from Spain, um, West Africa, Morocco, um, Germany, um, Sweden, Thai, uh, Thai food, Japanese food. So we give you the profile, and then we give you a shortcut. And in the shortcut, here's how to get that flavor profile with four ingredients.
0: Mm -hmm. Actually,
3: I should say four herbs and spices. So if you're going to make chicken and you want it to be Thai chicken, you go to the shortcut, and here you just switch up these four ingredients and a couple of other things, and that's it. Now it's Thai. If you want it to be um, Mexican, here are those four ingredients to, to give you that flavor profile. So that's how we simplify it. So I, I call it intuitive cooking because I, I don't want the reader to look at the recipe. You don't have to do that the first time. You'll, you know, you'll look at, we're, we're calling it techniques actually instead of recipes. So there's three three techniques, braising, roasting, and pilaf. And so once you master this braise, you can master any braise. You can mm-hmm. switch the ingredients. You can switch the vegetables and switch up the uh, herbs and spices, and now you have a completely different dish, but you're doing the same technique. That that hasn't changed. It's a process, so that process really doesn't change. You can cut things whole or small. You can cut, leave things in whole. You want whole carrots, or you know small carrots. Uh, same thing for roasting and for the pilaf. So you learn this technique, and that's your basic for cooking any dish.
1: Wow,
2: that's really interesting. You know, I I, I actually just pulled to it because I wanted to look at it, the International Flavor Profile Chart. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like all the – you go from Cajun, all the way to Thai and uh, region of G- Egypt and Mandarin and Mediterranean. So really have that. I love all different kind of food, <laughs> which is uh-huh. which is wonderful. Um and a little dangerous, but I love, <laughs> I love things from all around. So I was always, you know, and I was always brought up to try food from, you know, I think I remember, I think I was one of the first people of my friends that ever had sushi. Cause my dad was like, we're going uh-huh. to sushi. They were like, what's that? You know, right. in the, right.
0: but um, right.
2: now it's like, I love Indian food and French food. And you know, really yeah. there's, there's not too much I don't like, but that's very yeah. interesting where you could take the flavor profile and really um, work it into the dishes. So uh, very, very cool. It's,
3: it's funny you say that because we, we made dinner for um, friends in our, in our building last night, and they have two children, and the son, he's he's in 11th grade, so he's maybe 16 years old, and we did there's a recipe in the book. It's really good. It's, it's flounder and you take uh, sunflower seeds, and you grind them up, and you use that as uh, flour. Instead of using, like, flour, you use nuts, and you grind mm, okay. them up, and... Um, you know, you can fry it or you can bake it. And the son said to me, this is the second time I've had fish.
0: Wow. He really
3: liked it. And it was the huh. second time that he, that he had fish. And it they weren't in the building. You know, they were in New York City. It's kids, you know, if they're not exposed. You, right, exactly. Then, then, you know, it's interesting. And he loved it. He absolutely loved it.
2: Yeah. That's good. I mean, and he was open to it, which is great. A lot of kids won't mm-hmm. even try it. So
3: I know. I'm Who gonna look at have my a little quirk. He didn't like leafy things. It's a funny thing. Uh, people have they there. There are certain things that people that they just some some people they they don't like roasted carrots. So They'll eat it raw, but they won't eat it roasted.
2: Right, right. So I'm gonna look at my switchboard and just see if anybody has any questions for you. And I'm gonna check my chat room. So anybody mm-hmm. that's out there on the phone, I'm just going to look if you have any questions for. For Barry, um, regarding the cookbook or regarding what we're talking about, the nutrition, or um, anything along that line, just uh, raise your hand. Um, Okay, hang on one second. So last four digits is 5718. I'm just going to get you on the air. Hello.
4: Hi, Barry. Hi, Hi, Tina. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. I am um, really enjoying your show and i just just um, been listening I haven't read your book yet I have to admit um, but I am uh, interested enough that I would like to get my hands on a copy I have three small children and it's always really hard for me to figure out like Tina said what to make and without having every week look exactly the same and I imagine that you probably have lots of tips in your book and stuff but if you had to give just one tip just one to your closest friend or family member of how they can make their life easier and make nutrition and eating good food more enjoyable for their family. What would that be?
3: That's you know that's a fabulous question. And the one tip that I would give everybody is to buy fresh ingredients. Whatever is in season, um, I would stay away from frozen. I would stay away from canned ingredients. I would just cook with fresh ingredients. And the tip is going What about frozen be, organic? As long as there's no sauce and it's just a vegetable, and I do actually peas, frozen organic peas, I like. I get that, and uh, it's probably the best, the best bargain that's out there. And uh, there's no sauce or anything like that. That's fine. If you're going to get something that has, you know, the cheese and the sauce and and all that mm-hmm. other stuff, I would, mm-hmm. I would stay, mm-hmm. I would stay away from that.
4: Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tina. Sure. Another and
3: great you show. Can, you, TwoPansInAPot.com, you can order the book.
4: Okay, great. I will do that. Good.
3: Well, thank you so Take much. Take care.
4: Bye-bye. Thank
2: bye. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. So last four digits, 3885. Hello there. Hey. Hey, Tina hey. and
4: Barry. How are you guys? Hey, Terry. Hi. How are you? I Great. Great interview. It is Terry. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Hi, Terry. Hi, <laughs> Terry. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm going to walk again. Um, anyway, um, that was a great tip, fresh vegetables. I, agree, I mean, fresh fruit. I agree with that. But I wanted to just um, comment on what you were saying about the flavors, because mm-hmm. that's always been, like, my secret, too. It's like, okay, what do I got in the cupboard? And going to the flavor chart was very helpful for me to see what I'm missing in combining those flavors. But you can make a flank steak ten ways, right, or chicken ten ways. So I think right, that's a exactly, great idea. Exactly. Yeah, right. So that was, I just wanted to, you know, kind of emphasize that for people that get a little lost in cooking, because like you said, the technique is the same. It's just what do you have at hand and how can you make the flavors come out? So, yay. Right.
3: Yep. Right now, I'm into turmeric, cumin, and cayenne pepper. Because, you know, it's interesting, the herbs and spices, herbs are, have so much nutritional value in them. And if you look back in history, herbs and spices played a big part in history. And there were a lot of journeys and travels. Magellan traveled the world in search of spices and uh, spices and herbs. Um, they use also they use medicinally uh, for garlic. People would eat garlic straight. Garlic is almost like a, a penicillin. And if yeah. you just you just eat it raw, you chop it up and let it sit for about ten minutes to two ten minutes. They need to combine, and it's and it's like uh, uh, an, an antibiotic. Actually it's not an herbal Very. spice, that's uh, aromatic. But yeah, it's, Very
4: good. Yeah, well garlic could go with anything in my book. But anyway <laughs> uh my diet. But uh yeah, thanks. Great show, appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Terry. Thanks
4: so much. Thanks for calling in,
2: Terry. Yay. Have a great day. Enjoy your walk. <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye. All right. Bye bye. That was great. I know you and Terry go back a bit, so that was so awesome yes. she's listening in, and she's she's probably on her hike or walk, and uh,
3: mm-hmm. I
2: love how we can span the, uh, the you know, internet with uh, getting people close and connected. That's what I love about the radio mm-hmm. show, too, because yeah. we can yeah. uh, really bring a lot of people in. So. so we have about 10 or 12 minutes left. I wanted to, is there anything, I, we have so much we could talk about, and I know we just delved a little bit. Do you want to... Bring you want to talk a little bit more about um, the nutrition? We haven't really touched on, you know, the big word, you know, another big word, gluten. <laughs> um, <laughs> but do you want to what, – what inspires you? What would you like to kind of – I know there's so well, much you can say yeah, in your no,
3: gluten, yeah Gluten is, is, a good, is a good topic. And um, okay. yeah, I didn't spend too much time on it, but I felt that it was necessary because there's a section – there's a pilaf section in there. It's actually pilaf and grain bowls. And grains are very important to the diet, and grains have been a part of uh, our consumption for thousands of years. And there's a lot of controversy about grains, and there's a lot of controversy plus, you know, for it, and, and a lot against it. And paleo is very popular right now, which is completely, right. you know, the opposite of of, of grains. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how or why, Tina, that gluten became this this huge buzzword and it actually drives sales and when when companies put a, non, a non-gluten uh, on the label or gluten-free on the label whether it has gluten or and in, in, or not it does people are influenced to buy that product so right gluten is really it's a protein and it's. I was, I'm actually reading Michael Pollan's book right now called Cook, which is an, a phenomenal book, and I'm actually learning a lot more about gluten. Gluten is is a protein in um, in bread that makes it stretchy, that gives it its texture.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: you know, we need the yeast. Actually, bread is very, very complicated, and especially sourdough bread because it's a, it's a probiotic. They're actually using bacteria, to raise the bread and create the bread, so it's a it's a living it's a living piece of of, of dough. Um, mm-hmm. There's bacteria there, and and gluten plays a big part in the rising of of the bread. So the problem with gluten is if you have celiac disease, and it's only if you have celiac disease. So if you have celiac disease, your body, if you have gluten, you ingest gluten, you, your body uh, has a, a, an autoimmune response to it that can be very, very severe. The gluten is only in three elements. It's in rye, barley, and corn. Oh, wheat. Wheat, wheat uh, barley, and uh, rye. That's it. Wheat, barley, and rye. Okay. So it's only those those three grains that would carry the gluten that you would have a problem with it. The problem is, is that wheat is a base in everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: whether in your toothpaste and uh, almost every food, if you look on that's processed, if you look at the ingredients, you're going to see wheat there because it's a binding agent that is used in most, in most products. So if you have uh, celiac disease, it's it could be quite uh, a challenge to you really couldn't eat processed food. So um, basically, what will happen is that your body has an autoimmune response uh, in, in your in your in your stomach, and it can be very very severe. Um, hmm. People could die from from that. If you don't if you don't have celiac disease, there is something that people say they have uh, a gluten sensitivity but there's no scientific proof to a gluten sensitivity but some people do uh, react negatively to to grains so it's basically if you don't have celiac disease then you can have any kind of grain you know that you that you desire
2: right um yeah that's the way that i always thought and then i think people are just well if they go gluten free they're just you know, I people do say that a lot to me. You know, I'm gluten sensitive, I'm Enough. gluten intolerant. Yep. Yeah, and I I'm like, okay, yeah, and um, I don't have celiac disease, and I it's not an issue for me. But I understand if it it is for for people that say they feel like bloated and have all this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, which it is what yeah. it is if that's the case. But yeah, for yeah. the average person that's okay. I guess, what happens yeah. is.
3: Yeah, you know, like pasta is flour, so it's pro- it's it's refined flour. So you're right. feeling that bloated feeling from the refined refined flour because what happens is your body breaks that down quickly into sugar. Mm. So when it's that's why whole grains are right now being promoted a lot more than the, the refined grains it takes longer to break down, and that goes to the obesity problem. So right. you're getting these rushes of sugar when you're eating processed cakes and bread and and pasta. And, you know, people kind of lump rice in there with the bread because it's white and they think that it's starchy, but that's, it's not true. Rice is actually protein. is it, it, it has a lot of fiber, but protein is the second highest ingredient in rice. And, um, you know, rice feeds more people in the world than probably any other food. That's why we My- put the, the grain section in because it is the most inexpensive way that you can get the most nutritious meal. So if you're on on a budget, and we use lots of different kind of different grains, we use farro, we, we use amaranth, um, basmati rice, brown rice. So we try and mix it up with uh, some different oats, um, you know, different kinds of grains.
2: And those would be more considered the whole grains, right?
3: hmm
2: Right. Okay. Right. Well, I know. Like, I never could say the word right until lately. Quinoa. Right. That's another everybody tends to like. Quinoa. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's, that's very healthy. It's very, like chia seeds. Uh, right. Very very healthy.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're just it, it just it, it expands your universe when you learn more and more, which is always just just so great. So tell people where where they can find the book. So um, is it two pots and two pots
0: Two pans
3: Okay. a pot dot Two, com. Yeah. Okay. dot com. Um there's information on there. There's um some other um information about um other uh interviews that I've had. There's a media page, um, there's more information about um the story of the book. Um but it's basically really for ordering the book. So you can go on there and then there's uh, two places that you can order the book.
2: Okay. And do you do, I know you're in the New New York city area. Do you do any kind of, you know, cooking, you know, uh, you know, demonstrations or things like that, or you're mostly just working on the book, promoting the book. And, and right now that's uh, a lot of the focus.
3: Yeah. A lot of it. We, I'm I'm doing a a book signing in in Fulton street on Sunday. So (laughs) definitely trying to get out there. It's pretty new. We just, so published the book in June, and started having our first events in July. So it's it's relatively new. We had some good. Uh, we had a nice article in the Post. Um, we I was on uh, WBAI radio, so we had some nice uh, recognition there. Um, I was on uh, the Today Show uh, on a Sunday morning, so that was a lot of fun. So yeah, we're trying to promote it as much as possible and I love the book signings. Book signs are fun. I always make something and uh give out samples. And cool. um yeah, that that's always yeah. fun. Well keep it going. I mean sure. the we're... book is, is it's full color for everybody. It's it's eight and a half by it's a it's it's a high quality, um it's a full color, hardcover eight and a half by eleven book. Um it's it's heavy, so if you need to work out, you carry it around. That's a little bit of a workout. <laughs>
0: you
3: can carry it on, on each arm. or will buy two of them and carry one on each arm for a workout.
2: No, I love the and layout. I love the graphics.
3: The, there's a lot of photography. We try to put in as much photography as possible. Um, and uh, it's a very simple layout that flows through from from the beginning into the recipes.
2: No, it's great. It lays out beautiful. I love all the pictures. I love that it's a hardcover. You know, so rarely do we get a hardcover book anymore. So it's nice to actually lay it out on your counter and open it up and, you know, get the nice big pages, not a little small thing. You can't read the writing anymore. I need my reading glasses. Um, but that's great, and we're moving into the holiday season. So this is going to be a fantastic time for a lot of people bringing family together and cooking. You know, we're we're moving quickly into uh, Thanksgiving and the holidays, uh, Christmas and holidays. Um, so I I'm sure you'll be um, on many different programs and more book signing because as more people try to you know bring families together, they're looking for new ways and and uh, exciting ways to uh, to cook and flavor the food and and so much more information. So thank you. This has been just amazing, and I'm so glad that we, you know, was able to have you on the show. I know the listeners uh, that are listening live and and the people on the replay will get a lot of information. So again, everybody, um, two pans and a pot dot com to get the book, and uh, you could check out Barry on I'm sure Google on the Today Show that he was on, and uh, the New York Post. So. Fantastic! I wish you so much luck and and phenomenal success with the book. I know it'll be great success already, and continue to do so.
3: Thank you so much, and thank you for all your your um, positiveness.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, you welcome.
3: For them. you know, really, I can tell that you really enjoyed the book, and that just means that means the world to me that you, you you got so much out of it, and it was really such a pleasure being on your on, on the show and speaking to you about about the book. And uh, I just really thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was so much fun.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Well, you have a fantastic day and uh wish you lots of luck.
3: Thanks. You too.
2: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. So, to again, to get Barry's book, twopansinapot.com. And it really is a phenomenal book. I have it in front of me. It's hardcover. We rarely see that. Lots of pictures, which is beautiful. It lays lovely so you can really see the pictures and the ingredients and the cooking. And it really lays out a lot of information. I almost say it's much, much more than a cookbook. And like you said, a technique. Um, We get to learn more and explore more and get more educated. And it's simple. And I think that it's really nice to just go back to simplicity. Um, Thank you so much for the two callers that called in and for their questions and um, the tips, some of the tips that Barry gave. And so I appreciate each and every one. I look forward to seeing you next week. Next week I will be on the air by myself uh, and I'll be doing reading. So I'm back doing angel intuitive reading. So that'll be next Wednesday. And then I look forward to seeing you in one of the events in the next coupling couple weeks. So, have a wonderful, blessed day. Namaste. They
1: said you wouldn't make it so far. Uh-uh. And ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the night you had to cry. Because you had never let it go work too hard, you know exactly what you want and need, so believe, and you can never give up, you can reach your goal, you to your soul and